and welcome to another episode of Context. My name is Tiffany Doe, and I'm here with Emily Sierra. And I'm incredibly excited to have Emily on the podcast because she, I think, has a very unique story. Um, I'll have you introduce yourself, Emily. Who are you? Where are you from? And how did you get into design? Um, my name is Emily Sierra. Um, I am originally from southeastern Wisconsin, uh, Grafton area, and um, I grew up being kind of, I, I, I was a like math science kind of kid, um, I loved Legos, building, that kind of thing. Everybody always told me to be an engineer. Um, so I, I set out to do that um, originally, and I went through two and a half years of engineering school. Um, it was fine. It was kind of, you know, technical and boring. I'm like, you know, I, I guess I'll stick with it. Um, I had never heard of industrial design before. Um, but then uh, suddenly when I was in that uh, second year or third year of school, um, I was a totally healthy person. I was actually a college hockey player. And I suddenly collapsed one day while playing hockey. And um, that began sort of a long journey <laughs> as, a, as a patient. Um, I ended up finding out that I had a heart condition that had never been diagnosed. Um, and it had caused me to have a series of blood clots go to my brain, which caused me to have a series of strokes um, at the age, between the ages of 19 and 22. Um, and that kind of turned my life upside down, understandably. Um, I became uh, a patient, um, I developed a disability, I had to go through lots of years of rehab, um, relearning everything, and um, that was kind of a unique design problem in itself, um, just kind of relearning how to, to be a, per a person as an adult. Um, and uh, during that time, I actually met somebody that uh, was an industrial designer and um, as I was going through this rehabilitation process, and um, that at, at that moment I kind of realized that's that's really what I want to be doing. Um, and uh, at the moment I also kind of decided that you know all the things that I had noticed that were wrong with my experiences as a patient, I, I decided in that moment that I wanted to kind of use this as the impetus to to create, I, I wanted to fix fish, fix the uh, patient experience um, for others who would go through um, similar experiences to myself. Uh, so I, I, after about three years of rehabilitation, I, you know, after I was told I'd never, you know, go to school or work or walk or speak again, um, I was told, or I, I, I kind of, when I was told those things, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to do it anyway. And uh, so I did. And uh, it was about three years time um, until I got to the point where I could go to school. And I so I moved back home to Wisconsin and I transferred to the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design. Um, and I sort of started over my schooling. I entered as a sophomore and uh, fell in love with ID like the moment I started. Um, and I just sort of, I, I saw it as my new purpose to uh, create in the healthcare space to, um, you know, mitigate all the issues that I had faced as a patient. That's, first of all, <laughs> to the people who are listening, this is a pretty unique situation where, you know, 
and like when it starts out it, it seems very um typical like oh i'm an engineering student and i suddenly discovered design yada 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 but yours um is an incredible story so i i don't know i just want to commend you on your achievements so far it's um awesome what you're doing and the fact that you emphasize as a patient and that really like that likely you know influences your work at GE is really cool. Um, so, how was the transition into design from engineering, um, and also what challenges did you face as a student? Um, you know, managing um, your condition as well as going to school and work because you, while you were at school, you were also working. Um, as an intern at several companies. So where did you intern? Oh, God, I'm sorry if I'm asking so many oh, questions. No, that's, but... that's fine. I, I don't even know if I mentioned, but um, I currently work for GE Healthcare as an industrial designer. Um, I've been there for a little bit over two years, um, and it's honestly sort of a dream job for me, um, being able to uh, apply my experiences in the healthcare space. Um, so, yeah, back to schooling. Um, it was definitely interesting um, entering school again. I didn't really know what to expect of myself or, or of how other people would see me. Um, I kind of had a new identity after, you know, 20 years of my life, 20, 22 years of my life. Um, I was a very different person than I had known myself to be. Um, I had some physical limitations. Um, left side of my body, I have some coordination challenges. Um, I have to walk with a cane sometimes, um, and, you know, being a young person and, uh, having something outwardly visible like that, um, has been an interesting challenge in itself. Um, you know, obviously we all exist in like a network of people, um, and, uh, you know, what, what people see, um, sort of it has these notions tied to it um, and it's it's an interesting um, sort of design problem how to how to navigate um, these discussions with others um, and so yeah there's the physical side of things um, also I've had some challenges with speech um, so trying to express myself um, has been challenging at certain points um, but I've you know worked through all of that um, with the goal of, you know, becoming a designer. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, it's definitely interesting to sort of navigate the world as a person with a disability. Um, I choose to see it as a design problem. Um, you know, most of our, I guess most of our society is structured in a way that, uh, you know, people are supposed to fit into this like, a cookie cutter puzzle piece, you know, you're a student, so you're supposed to uh, fit this, that, and the other thing parameters. And, um, you know, when you have someone with a disability or, or some other difference, it's it's just disruptive to that. And um, then there there's this whole kind of like, I guess, iterative process in a way of, you know, how, how do others adapt to that? How do you adapt to that? Um, right. And it's a challenge and it's not always a fun one because I mean, sometimes it's like, you just want to, you just want to exist and, um, you know, be, I guess, quote unquote, normal. Uh, I don't really believe there is such a thing. Um, but I, I think that as a designer, as part of our job is to sort of cha challenge what is normal. Um, 
And uh, I think being abnormal in a sense is a good thing, especially uh, for people who are creative and trying to think out of the box anyway. Um, and I, I think if you see it in the, in the right way, uh, you know, having a disability or a medical condition is, is disruptive in a good way. Um, it, it can be sort of the, the impetus of a lot of positive change. Um, you know, it's especially um, kind of me navigating as, as a younger person with, with a, a disability that you usually only see with, in older people, you know, people over the age of 50. Um, so I, 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 I sort of, I guess, enjoy in a way uh, being able to stand up for that demographic because I think in design and in our culture in general, it's disability is kind of like this taboo thing and yeah. it's not, not talked about enough and it's not considered enough um, because people don't want to talk about it um, and, and, you know, uh, many, many choose not to admit Right. But there's a difference because, um, you know, it, there are perceptions that difference differences aren't necessarily always good. But um, right. I think in design they can be. Um, mm -hmm. So I made way, my way through school, um, you know, as the new me, I, I guess. And I uh, it took me a little longer than 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 some people, um, but I made it work. And uh, you know, all the while I was kind of gearing my portfolio to solve some of the problems I'd faced. Um, like I'd faced, uh, you know, needing head protection at certain times in my life. So I designed, you know, a, a helmet to protect from seizures, which was a strong uh, project in my student portfolio. Um, and then I designed some solutions for uh, patient transport, um, you know, in difficult terrains. Right. Uh, so I designed sort of a modular stretcher. Um, so I just kind of took it upon myself to gear my student projects, I guess, toward, toward, uh, you know, solving the problems that I had discovered as a patient and what the ultimate goal of, um, getting into that space and designing in that space. And, uh, it did work out well. I, um, you won the merit award. I did. Uh, scholarship did. Um, with your portfolio. Yeah. I remember when you presented it. Do you remember when you presented I it? I did. I do. Yeah. So uh, that was 2017, and I had actually just undergone like a brain surgery, and I. How many um, brain surgeries have you gone through uh, at this point? I think five. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I've uh, kept kept count. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's uh, five or maybe six at this point um we've also gone so it was like right after you had a surgery yeah so, like a pretty was it like very involved or like yeah it yeah. was a pretty major brain surgery i'd had in like um december of 2016 um to fix a complication that i'd had and um so at the beginning of the semester when i was supposed to be doing you know my capstone project i was just kind of kind of in school when i could be but i hadn't been there a whole lot um I, you know, I was making it work as much as I could, you know, working from the hospital and, and things. Um, and then, you know, uh, one of the professors was like, hey, I want you to do a merit award. <laughs> I'm like, um, well, um, I am recovering. I'm still trying to figure out how to speak and things. Here. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, sure, I'll give it a shot. Um, I was really nervous about the speaking part. Um, but somehow I got up there and made it work, presented my portfolio kind of use that as a, as a backdrop story, um, as to why I do what I do. Um, and 
what was the um, reception to your marriage? Do you remember any of the conversations you had after you presented? Yeah, so it was um, it was really good. I think um, obviously this perspective is unique. Um, not not something you know many people in the audience had seen from at least a student um, and. Um, it, you know, I, I, I think I have solid reasons for wanting to do what I, what I do. And, um, I think they came through and I was approached by a couple of uh, medical companies afterwards, after I presented my portfolio. Um, and it was very right place, right time. Um, GE healthcare happened to be in the audience and, uh, I watched them. I watched one of them jump over chairs to give you their business card. So that was very... I don't know. It was so inspirational to watch the sequence of what happened. One of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life. Um, That was a big turning point for me because, uh, you know, a couple months earlier, I didn't know if I was going to finish school. I didn't know if I would, you know, be able to have a job or, you know, I didn't really know what was going to happen in my life. And that was, that was a big turning point. Um, GE asked me to come in and interview and I was like, you know, is this real? This is actually <laughs> happening. Like, this is what I'm, you know, worked yeah. so hard to recover for. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, life, I, I see it as you, you kind of, you have what you have and you got to make the best of that. And, um, and this is, this is the way that I saw that I could do that. Um, awesome. Um, and, uh, I, I ended up uh, with, with a job there um, after all of that. And, yeah, I've been there over two, a little over two years now. Um, I love what I do every day. Uh, Great. So, oh man, that's so. I'm like reliving it as you're telling the story, and I'm just like, I get chills every single time. Um, I was wondering, so you being in the medical device field, um, someone who lives with a disability, um, you know, people who do have disabilities um, are very vastly underrepresented in the workforce, I feel, um, or not well accommodated overall. And no one talks about it. Um, what would you like to see happen in at least the industry that we're in to address that? I think, um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think, uh, you know, there is, and part of that's like a, a social you know, I guess a social norm that that people have been conditioned to 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 behave in a certain way around disability. It's uh, you know, there's a lot of oh, like this person has such and such condition, and we just don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, for certain people, uh, certain people don't want to talk about it, and that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but there's other you know individuals like me that are open to sharing their stories and I think you know the more people that are 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 willing to share their stories and and their experience of life as as somebody who um you know has has a different a perspective I think the more people that can that can share that um you know in our case within the frame of design um I, I think you know that that could help change some of these perceptions um and I think in, in the Oh, in the in the workplace too. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of I guess protocols in place to protect privacy, um, especially working in healthcare. I deal with that a lot um, with like HIPAA laws. You know, mm-hmm. 
you're talking to patients or you are, you know, bringing prototypes to hospitals and things like that, you, there's a lot of questions you can and can't ask information you can and can't reveal. Um, so I think some of the kind of, I guess the, the, the drive to hide a disability, uh, you know, may stem from that. Um, but I think a lot of it, uh, a lot of the, the, the behavior surrounding it comes from just a lack of understanding. Um, like, you know, people don't know, people as a whole, the population as a whole doesn't know, you know, how to, how to treat these things right. or, or how to, to ask someone about them. Um, and I, you know, I, I always make it clear to everyone that I know that I'm very open about it. If you have questions, just ask. Uh, yeah. It's pretty impossible to offend me. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I try to be very open about it. Um, A, because there's, parts of it that I can't hide, um, but B, because I, you know, I, I like to contribute to others' understanding. Right. Um, and, you know, my, one of my goals is to offer my perspectives as a patient to, you know, not only my own practice as a designer, I mean, I use my own experience um, to inform my own designs, you know, kind of like I'm, you know, say I'm designing an ultrasound device. I, you know, I've been there, I've been the one being scanned and that's, pretty invaluable yeah. <laughs> insight to have, but also to, you know, other others working in healthcare. Um, I have other designers on other projects come to me frequently, you know, asking me, you know, what is, what is your experience been when you've had this sort of scan or like when you've had this sort of surgery or when you've been staying in this hospital environment or another or mm-hmm. medical transports. Um, even um, GE Healthcare, we do some design thinking uh, with our Menlo program. We do some design thinking uh, sessions, and um, I've been asked to, you know, share my story to people who sometimes aren't even designers. You know, they're uh, marketing people or business people coming in to learn design thinking mm-hmm. and to learn how to understand, um, you know, the people that they're working with and the, the people that they're working for to create some of these right. healthcare solutions. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think just, you know, spreading knowledge uh, is a great way to go about it and spreading solutions too. So we as designers and the work that we do um, can have kind of a more well-rounded approach to, you know, user research and you know, really making sure that all of these demographics are accommodated, uh, even if they're, you know, a smaller demographic, um, you know, people with disabilities, uh, you know, we do need certain specialized solutions, and it's it's really a market that hasn't been designed much for. A lot of these things look like, you know, clinical yeah. torture contraptions. So we have, I think, a minute left. Okay. But I'm going to ask you, and you're going to have to answer within the minute. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. What is one product that you think is very well designed for someone who does have a disability or it's incredibly accessible and it was considered when it was created so i would say the only i guess adaptive product that has done has been well designed at this point on the market eyeglasses so at one point um eyeglasses were seen as like oh like i don't want to go on public wearing those like yeah people think there's something wrong with me and now they're a fashion statement and i think you know, that can be made to happen with all sorts of adaptive devices. It's, it's already starting. You know, you see some mm-hmm. beautiful um, prosthetics out on the market that are so sculptural. It's like... You, it's you, exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Yeah. And there's some 
you know, walking aids like canes that are geared for people who are adventurous and want to be outdoors and, um, you know, want to be athletic despite having differences. So it's starting. And I think we as designers, it's, it's our job to uh, move that forward um, and really, you know, consider these perspectives. And uh, yeah. that's why I'm here today. I, <laughs> it's something that's not talked about enough. And I'm happy to uh, start that discussion. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us to talk about it and sharing your story. Um, and thanks for tuning in. This is Context. <laughs>